We want to welcome those who are joining us online and all the women in our Albion extension. We're going to take a moment to just get to know the people around us because this is the household of God, right? Rufus, cheers music. Why don't you walk around and just introduce yourself to a couple of people. High five them and say it's so good to see you. morning good morning good morning good morning good morning of course I do so good to see you yeah bless you bless you we want to welcome all the families of those and uh, that supported their family members getting baptized you know as a pastor there are literally three moments for me that is so sacred it's moments where you've got to be close to it to feel the intersection between heaven and earth i have the privilege sometimes when babies are born to be the third person after the baby is born to pray with the family and to witness the miracle of heaven that is so sacred and then when we baptize i cannot tell you the sacredness of this moment, it is not just the ritual. God's presence is so evident in these moments. And then thirdly, it may sound quite bizarre and morbid, but when somebody passes away that loves Jesus and they take their last breath, there is a sacredness about that moment that you will understand that in the book of Psalms it says God takes great delight in the death of one of these beloveds. Now for us it's so painful but for God it is just the passing from this side of eternity into the next side of eternity. So we want to congratulate everyone that said yes to Jesus and took this gigantic step in their faith. I want to quickly share with you uh, that October 3rd, that is next Wednesday, I believe. Tuesday, next Tuesday. That's why my wife is always close. I love that. Next Tuesday. You know, the Bible says for us to grow and be nourished in our faith. And we want to extend an invite to you we have seven weeks on a Tuesday. We start at 6 o'clock with prayer, 6.45. Uh, 
we're gonna gather in two different category options places we have a seven-week roundtable conversation around making sense of the Bible there is a beautiful handbook that comes with it and it will help you in your faith journey on how to engage scripture and then for four weeks I'm gonna be teaching on the power of your story how God redeems the intersections in your life that was tragic created heartache pain how God redeems your story because you see whatever the enemy is meant for evil God has an amazing ability to turn it for good and I want to encourage you to register tfhny.org front slash courses as we are preparing course material you can choose which track you want to do but I believe we are gonna see transformation and growth as we just make a priority because Paul says this he says the outer man uh, gets diminished every day the you you see in the mirror there's a moment where uh, Botox runs its course and where age now becomes loud and you know what I want you to know that age is a beautiful thing it's it's a glorious thing but the Bible says the internal man gets strengthened and renewed in God daily through his word his community so let me encourage you to make a priority of that and to consider small groups there's connection point in the lobby and you can sign up for these workshops now today I want to continue to talk about the vision and this whole beautiful expression of what we call the church there is a scripture that I would love for us to read together but before we do we have this beautiful way to explain what we do as a community showing up like this right now we are gathering as a people to be with Jesus and as we are here let us never forget that the presence of God is among us because the presence of God is in us and it is such a strange prayer to say God would you please come and show up when you as a follower of Christ shows up the Holy Spirit is already showing up because you're a temple you're a a living place of the Holy Spirit then we grow and this is what the grow nights are all about we grow to become like Jesus because scripture says before the foundations of the earth God ordained for you to become like his son to restore you the very image of Christ and then we contribute to do what Jesus did and I'm gonna remind you last week we learn a few things but before we do I would love for us to read a portion of scripture together come on turn to your neighbor and say let's make it loud so we can get out of here let's make it loud let's read this it says in first Ephesians chapter 1 at the center of it all Christ rules the the church remind you that the church this is the best building I can do a church is not a building it's a people right he says we are living stones 
But you are not the church. If you say, I'm the church and I can be the church alone at home. No, you are brick. I'm a brick. Jesus is the cornerstone of this beautiful body called the church. The church, you see, who is so, so, is not incidental to the world. But the world is bordering the church. The church is Christ's body. Look at this, in which he speaks, acts, and he fills everything with his presence. Think about this. The church, the living stones, is how God speaks, how God acts, and how he fills everything with his presence. Now, when I was reading the scripture, and I imagine reading it with you, I thought, I'm going to get a whole bunch of hallelujahs right now. Because think about the awesome privilege that God could have chosen angels. He could have chosen many things. But he said through ordinary people like you and I, he is going to speak through us, act through us, and fill every corner of the universe where you go with his living presence. Now, last, hallelujah, yeah, I'm all for hallelujah on that. So, last week, we, we learned a couple of things. But the thing that I want to frame you with is this phrase that routine kills wonder. What that means, because I'm a good theologian, I went to chat GPT again, and I, I, I go like, what does that exactly mean? It means, wonder simply means this. It's the idea of reducing or eliminating something that once filled you with amazement and awe to nothing. You know, I had the privilege uh, to marry two couples last weekend, Friday and Saturday. And I have this practice that I always lean over to the groom because I can't get to the bride and I go like are you are you sure you want to do this you know this is forever the first wedding I said dude this is an expensive gig telling you right now are you sure you want to do it the second guy I said hey do you want to ditch and run and the only reason why I'm saying this is because I want to make sure that you understand that this is a lifetime promise. And you know what is so interesting? Nobody has ever taken me up on the offer of ditch and run. I think some should have. But they've never taken me up on the offer of ditch and run. On the second wedding, it was so beautiful when the bride, the door opened and the bride came through. This strong, vibrant young guy, he just keeled right over and the tears were falling on the ground. He sent me some picture of their, pictures of their honeymoon. That is weird. That's just weird. <laughs> but the awe and the wonder in their eyes is so inspiring. But you know that if you do not guard the awe and the wonder, taking out the trash, cleaning the dishwasher, washing the clothes, before you know it, it's mundane and it's lost its beauty. The same thing is about church because we gather like this and for many of you you've come and attended church all your life 
And it's very easy to come in here and think it's about the songs and listening to a message or enduring a message or pretending to listen to the message so that you can say, I have been to church because that's what I do as a Christian. And losing the awe and the wonder that Christ is among us. The Holy Spirit, the very presence that was there at the beginning that flung the universe and the stars into existence is right here, right now, abiding in us. Now last week, I've got to recap last week, we learned three things. We learned that God's presence is what define or defines us and make us distinctive as His people. Remember Moses said to God, when God says, I've got a place prepared for you that I'm going to lead you to, a promise of overflow where I will be your God and people. Moses said this, unless your spirit goes with us, how will they know that we are your people? And I want to say this, Father's House Church family, followers of Christ, the only thing that makes us distinctive is not what we believe and what we declare. It's the presence of God that abides in us. That is the distinction that makes us His people. The second thing we learn is that God heals the world through His faithful presence. That all through Genesis all the way to maps, right here at the end, we learned that God Whenever the world's a mess, it's His presence that brings life, liberty, and freedom. The third thing we learn is God's mission requires God's people to become active in His mission. Because God can have a plan, but He has chosen that through His people, He will speak, act, and bring life and healing to the world around us. So today, I would love for you to read this one scripture. Oh, I love this. And I imagine a whole bunch of hallelujahs on this one as well. It says this, come on, through followers of Jesus, like yourself, if you're a follower of Christ, ordinary human that follows Jesus, shout yes. He says, through those who shouted yes, gathered where? In churches. So never tell me that church is irrelevant because God says, I will gather followers in churches churches first in families first he says this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels think about the privilege that the angels are looking at us with a holy jealousy that they wish they could be us that they had the privilege to carry the extraordinary plan of God. And I want to look you straight in the eyes and get you as close as I can. And I say, I want to say this, never make ordinary the extraordinary privilege that we have, that angels are looking down and go like, please get it. Because you have been chosen by God. Come on, this is a big hallelujah right there. But now, I would love to bring two words to you. Christian, Christendom and post-Christendom. Turn to your devil, and say, your devil. turn to the devil and say, turn to the neighbor next to you. 
and tell them don't fall asleep in this section come on would you now turn to the other one that was your second choice and tell them don't fall asleep in this section Christendom is what I believe most people under the age of about 30 has grown up in in this country the country I come from South Africa exactly the same Christendom means that just about everybody in that country are Christians that Christian values Christian beliefs shape government the Constitution even on our money which I don't understand says in God we trust in other words Christendom literally uses scripture to shape laws morals decisions Christians influences and legislation they stand up and read a scripture and everybody go like well if God says it then we've got to do it that's what Christendom is but Christendom has changed in the world because in Christendom we say everybody is Christians we've just got to help them to become better Christians we refer to the Bible and everybody knows the stories and the scriptures but post Christendom started in Europe dark ages if you go to Europe right now as I visited Spain so many times to go meet with pastors listen Christianity is not even accepted understood heard of uh, people are not born into it families don't practice it the churches are flea markets it is so bizarre post Christendom literally begin to understand that the world around us sees Christianity not as the father's house and the Catholic and the Methodist they see everybody the same there is a disconnect there's distrust there is a, a dismissiveness and a resentment and an anger that the church and the Christian belief is no longer a friend to the people because it has been so misrepresented that they were opposed to Christianity now I know you've got a TikTok account don't act this way you call yourself Molly Sunshine 44 I know that and and when you look at TikTok and they talk about the church they talk about the church and beliefs in an opposing manner whenever we talk about laws and when we ever we talk about morals right now the laws and the morals of the Bible are no longer welcomed in they go like I don't care what you believe but you can't use what your belief to shape my life there is a disconnect with us and we see this evolve in culture and in statistics right now churches in the United States are shrinking are aging that means those who grew up in Christendom are still attending church but those under the age of 30 listen to this statistic only 9% of children that attended church with their parents remain in the faith the moment they leave home think about it 
Here is another statistic. And I feel like Michael Scott right now. I feel like I've got to get you first depressed before I get you to a better place, right? Since the end of the pandemic, 22% of people who used to attend church no longer attends church. And they have no desire to re-engage church. Because you see, what we need to understand is that Europe wider than Europe, than Canada, and the northern part of America, where we are. In the south, they don't feel it this way. If you've ever been to the south, they say, God bless, God bless your heart. And somebody says, somebody, somebody says oh, bless your heart. It's actually, you're such a moron. That, that's what it means. I go like, God bless your heart too. You know, I, I thought it's a blessing. No. They're trying to tell me I'm a moron. I'm like, I didn't know that either. But talking about Jesus and churches are full and everybody goes to church. But up here, especially with our young adults, they call it the great exodus out, out of church. And what we see is that there is a culture change that has happened. And I want you to know the world that we know in Christianity, in culture is no longer what we grew up with. I want you to mark it down. Whether you believe it or not, that is absolutely true. So I want to go to a time when it was pre-Christendom. Uh, Rufus, you've got to play Acts music. There we go. You do understand that when Jesus called these disciples, and he looked at Peter and he says, Upon this rock I will build my church. It's the first time that the word church ever appears in scripture. They had temple. They had the law of Moses. But this word church, the word is ecclesia. The gathering of believers. And the belief was not just in God. It was the belief in Jesus that is the Messiah and the one that came to pay the price for our penalty and sin. He says, upon this rock I will build the church. Jesus says, I will build my, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never stop the church. So whenever I read there's a great exodus out of the church, I go like, yes, there is. But there is a great resurgence of what's about to happen that God is going to do in the church. But God knows that the way it was done when we were in Christendom may look different than the way that we need to do it pre-Christendom or post-Christendom because in pre-Christendom Jesus said to all the people who gathered it was about 500 he says now before you go and start this thing called the Christian church go wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit a gift from the Father why because it is his presence that builds his church it's not talent, it's not music, it's not ability, it's not charisma. It's the presence of God that builds the church. And what is so beautiful, 120 people gathered, but they were 500. I don't know what the others did. 120 people gathered and when the Holy Spirit came, every believer was filled. Come on, shout every believer. Every 
not just some, every believer, because the Bible says, you as followers of Christ are now temples through which he acts, he works, and he shows his glory, his extraordinary plan to the world. But here is something that is so interesting, church. The moment that they came out of the upper room, they did not start with confronting people with beliefs. Those people started a community together. And they were called people of the way. The way. It was a practice together. Now listen to me. Please. Kindly listen to me. That, that sounded really not good. If you would kindly listen to me. That feels a lot better. In our culture, we have grown accustomed to this idea that it's Jesus and me. In other words, I don't like people, but I love Jesus. And I, it's Jesus and me. Don't tell, talk to me about my faith. The Holy Spirit teaches me everything. It's Jesus and me. I read scripture at home. It's Jesus and me. I want you to know there is no such thing in the Bible. Because the first thing that God does is born and baptize you into his family. In other words, this New Testament church was in a world that was post-Christendom that is as complicated, or pre-Christendom that's as complicated as post-Christendom. In other words, they began to form a community. There was no following Christ in a solo flight. It was community. Listen, church. Now you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. Hello. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you, if you could quit your family after Thanksgiving, you go like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done with this family. I would have quit my family, Dutch family, long time ago. Oh my goodness. There's so little um, emotion there and expression of that. I would have joined an Italian family long time ago. Their food is better, their hugs are better, their protection is better. Man, you mess with me. I've got a cousin, Guido. He will come after you. You don't mess with us. They loud, they fight, then they hug and they make up. Not make out, they make up. Hey, come on now, you know. But there's no quitting of the family that you are planted in. And that family, as Molly said last week, is not always fun to be with. But in our culture of what we've become in Christendom, we have this mindset of consumerism. If I don't like the message this week, I go like, I'm done with Pastor P. I'm so over him and the worship takes too long. I'm going to find another church that gives me what I want. Can I explain this to you? It is everything that the world sees that they go like, this is messed up. Because it's consumerism. It is this uncommitted committedness. I'm committed to Christ, but I can't stand the people next to me right now. And I want you to know that Bible says, planted in the house of the Lord. What if I tell you, you are here because God wants you here. 
And God wants you here because there's people that is needed in your life right here that's going to propel you in your journey of faith and for God to use you. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, I'm so thankful you are here. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful you are here. So, so thankful. Uh, the second thing is they centered their lives around Jesus. In other words, Jesus and his mission was their highest priority. In other words, they didn't say, I don't have time for. I don't have space for. I've got to be honest with you. When I think about the practices of faith, constantly I go like, oh my gosh, where, how am I going to fit that in? Have you ever felt like that? If you think about the grow cause, your mind immediately say, oh, I can't take on more things. I can't do that. What if I tell you that when we make Jesus and our practices and our commitment to Him the highest priority and we set the world around us as a secondary option, how you experience Christ and His church will change in a magnificent way. The third thing, while they practiced their faith together, they were taught beliefs. Now when I talk about practicing faith, you know what is so interesting that shows us that we were in a Christendom culture and we don't understand how to operate in a post-Christian or pre-Christian culture. Some of you wonder, what practices are you talking about? If I had to go through this place and I say, tell me the practices of faith, you would tell me, read your Bible, pray, give, and go to church. You would probably give me four because those are the four that we spoke about in a Christian society. Uh, but, but those are not the only practices. You know, let me show you a practice that I have walked into. I didn't create it. I walked into this for the last eight weeks. Every Sunday I show up Somebody has written me a note and left it on my table in this little back room. Now, they may not... I thought the first time, oh, this is kind. Second, I'm like, wow, really kind. Third time, wow, pretty persistent. Fourth time, looks like more than one person. How did they do this? Fifth time, whoa, maybe they mean it. Sixth time, oh, they really mean it. You know what these are saying? You spur us on. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are seen, you are known, and you are loved. Never will they understand what I felt today when I got this note. Thank you for making room for others. May the Lord shine His countenance on you. May God bless you always. Your faith inspire greatness in others. It's a blessing to get to cross paths with you. You know what practice this is? It's the practice where the Bible says, look for creative ways to spur and encourage each other on in faith. It's a practice. It's something that we don't just say, oh, that's nice. But can I tell you the truth? We want to be encouraged, but we refuse to encourage. Because in our culture, 
it's all about us. And until God strips that from us and realize that if he's going to speak to anybody around you, he's got to find somebody who's not selfish. Somebody that's attentive. Somebody that said, God, who do you want to encourage? Show me and I'm going to find a creative way. A simple practice. And then they were taught beliefs. And what is so interesting about this church is that pre-church and now where we are post where the world sees Christianity as a wonderful thing in this Christian time. Beliefs is all that matter. People defend their beliefs. People fight for their beliefs. They argue their beliefs. You look at TikTok and they go like, what you believe? Well, you haven't read the Hebrew yet. You believe in rubbish. The beliefs, 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 beliefs. And you know what it came down to? The second thing before I tell you about beliefs is this community's love of one another and the world became a powerful, visible witness to the world. You know, their love was not just goosebumps. It was love expressed in generosity and good works. The Bible says the people were persecuting them, opposing them, because Jesus was an offense to what they believed and held on to. But Scripture says they increased in favor with God and the people because they lived in such lavish love for one another and for the world around them. That they even took care of people in need that was not believing in Christ. Can I ask you something? How convincing is our love as a church in America to the world? When last did you see anybody stand with a poster that says, Keep practicing your faith. We love you. All the things I see is turn and burn. God's going to cook you, fry you butter you up he's gonna make Popeyes of you you know what I mean it is the thread if you don't then you it is if you don't believe what we are saying then you are wrong and you're going to hell but everything changed with this beautiful church in the New Testament when this guy Constantine came on the scene the community were practicing their faith together Next week, we're going to go into the first practice and what that looks like and how that is expressed. Because I'm convinced that as you are sitting right now, you are trying to work out how, how this is put together. And as your pastor, sometimes I'm so concerned in my own life that the muscle memory of how I was raised in Christianity and how I preached about Christ is so strong that it will not allow me to begin to practice my faith in a new way and create a community that practice their faith. You know one of the things they say why our children don't stay in the faith? They say they will only do what they see at home. Now, my wife and I, you know, we've got neighbors from Yemen. Uh, they are Muslims. Uh, whenever Malise talks to the woman, Malise apparently speaks fluid Arabic. 
she, t she talks away, but she uses more her hands than anything else. I don't know what goes on. It looks like she's swatting flies when she's having a conversation with this woman. Out loud, they hug and they talk and everything. And, 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 and then all of a sudden they go like, please excuse us, it is the hour of prayer. It's not optional. Now they all go and pray because they pray five times a day. When last did you tell somebody, please excuse me, I've got to go. It's the hour of prayer. Uh, when they moved in and I met them, and there's a bit of a language barrier, he held out a set of keys for his home and he says, take it. How many says that's weird? That's just weird. Because I ain't giving you my keys, you know what I mean? And I go like, no, 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 it's your home. This is America, buddy. This is America. <laughs> and he says this. This is not my home. It's Allah's home. It's God's. And whatever you need, if it's not in your home, you can find it in God's home. In that moment, I go like, oh, I'm, I suck so bad. You're still not getting my key. I'm telling you right now. But what about their practice is so anti-culture because their children pray with them five times a day. They practice their generosity. It's God's. God is at the center of it all. And I want you to know that everything in Christianity was like this until Constantine in about 380 made Christianity the national faith. When Constantine says, everybody has got to convert to Christianity. Everybody. And we're going to baptize you. And all of a sudden, now they went from practicing their faith to enforcing beliefs. If you don't believe right, he would send an army to arrest the priest and to scatter the people and arrest them if they didn't believe like the church said you had to believe. In other words, beliefs became the thing that's most important and the practice of faith ceased. I think that is tragic because the power of your marriage is in how people you see you love one another, hold hands, treat one another. It's not in your marriage vows. It's not in what you believe about it. And you know what is so interesting? That most Christians today, and they not, it's not their fault, it's, it's how we've conducted ourselves in this time of being a Christian nation. Most Christians today are of the opinion that beliefs are essential and faith practices are optional. In other words, hey, as long as you believe in Jesus, Then we have this program called um, community groups that you can be part of. But I know not everybody wants to do it. That's not how this works. Because you see, it's the practicing together. It's the community together. And I know your mind's going like, zing, this is Twilight Zone. This sounds like really strange. But can I tell you that even the way we conduct worship and You there and they here, the lights are here and they sing and you can just listen. I preach, you listen, I've no idea what you're thinking. Some of you 
are planning your vacation in your head. You don't even hear what I'm saying right now. All of those things is how we conduct ourselves when we are all Christians. But I believe as we going in time, you'll begin to see subtle adjustments to where we reintroduce the community of faith, worshiping in a different way. You say, how can we worship in a different way? I'm so excited that end of October, there is a system that is going to mic the whole congregation with speakers on the side where the congregational singing will be the loudest. And this will become secondary. This will just help all of us worship. This is the arena of worship, not this. Where we will begin to understand the practices and the community of Christ. And it makes me so excited because the Bible says that Jesus is saying these words. Last scripture, come on, high five your neighbor and say, you did really well. You did really well. He says, come on, watch closely. Come on, shout it out. Watch closely. I'm preparing something new and it's happening now even as I speak. And then he says, waters will flow where there has been none. And I don't know about you, but the world around us, especially when we speak to the young adults, those in schools, it's time for fresh, new living water. But God says, I'm going to do something new. And I am 100% convinced. It is not just come up with new ideas. It is understanding that the most powerful evidence is when the faithful presence of God and this is so exciting I'm going to speak to you about this next week the faithful presence of God is present when we gather as the family of God but then the faithful presence of God is in your home and you see this circle is perforated because you have family you have friends, you have neighbors you have people around your life that will not see the evidence of God because they're not going to come here but they will go to your home and how do we practice faith with them where they can experience the evidence of Christ in your home and then wherever you work wherever you go there is a world out there that God create and he orchestrate I always call it divine collisions and in that moment you know that seven second moment I I should come on Isaac um, it says zero 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 I don't know what it means I think it means the time's over you, you guys get ready remember I told you a story of Marlies and I that was in California I spoke in California and we went to um, like a Nordstrom like Ladies, Lord and Taylors, Lord and Taylors, and she was looking for nothing. You know how that goes. What are we doing here? Nothing. Ooh, look at this. Ooh, look at that. And I go like, if we're looking for nothing, why are we walking so slow? Uh, but then she found a blouse. It was a blouse, baby. A blouse is so beautiful. And we walked over to the cash register and all of a sudden I had the seven second moment because the girl behind the cash register says, oh, that's so beautiful. I wish I had the money. And I said to Molly, get another one. 
get another one. She says, no, don't be weird. I said, get another one. So we purchased both and I wanted to give it to this girl. She says, I can't take it. We're not allowed. I said, call your manager. Um, and she did. I said to the manager, either I give it to her here or I sit outside and wait for her. And then she and her manager spoke while Marlies and I were sitting. And when we went back, um, she told us her story that she comes from a Christian home, ran away to California. She was living in a car with her boyfriend that's a drug addict. And last night she called home and her grandmother says, I pray that God will show you his love and call you home. And she gave Marlies two G-strings for free. She did. She did. She, I swear as anything, she did. That's why there's always a reward to faithfulness. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She did. But it wasn't about that. It wasn't. That's the only thing you're going to remember. Oh my God. Church. As it was about that moment that God's faithful presence answered the grandma's prayer and we were the living presence of Jesus. Not special. Not nothing. I don't know where she is. But that's not, shouldn't just be my story. It should be all of our stories. God has invited us, is inviting us into an expectation that he's not done with us yet that the future is beautiful so I want you to listen to the song it's only two minutes please don't leave listen to the words before I close I've come a long way and I see how you were there's so much goodness and grace Much more than I deserve Cause I know who I am And I can't stay where I'm at We've come this far by faith And I just can't Turn back, cause he's not done with me yet. Oh, he's not done with me yet. Oh, there's so much more to the story. Oh, you're not done with me yet. Cause you're not done with me yet. Oh, you're not done with me yet. Oh, oh, oh. oh, there's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. God's not done with you, with me, and with us as a faith community. I pray that God would give us an awakening of anticipation of increased faith practices 
community stories because through ordinary people like you and I God desires for his presence to engage this world so can I invite you to just put your hands on your lap like this even if it's weird I promise you you'll understand may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God your and my father be with every one of you may the Lord bless you may the Lord keep you this week may the Lord shine his countenance of radiant grace love loving kindness forgiveness over you may God fill your mouth with laughter may he fill our hearts with an anticipation and a rising of faith and may God give us peace be blessed church be blessed sign up for those grow courses sign up for community I will see you next weekend God bless you